Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we can spend reading your word together and then looking at the meaning of your word. Lord, we pray that we may make a right interpretation of your word this morning because your Holy Spirit illuminates our hearts and our minds as to what you have said so long ago, what it meant for the original readers and what it means for us today. We pray that then we may make a right application of your word to our lives so that we may be pleasing and more like your son, Jesus Christ. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, have you ever brought someone back from the dead? You might think, oh, of course I can't, I'm not God. But people bring others back from the dead on a regular basis in hospitals. Uh, you may even know someone who was dead, their heart had stopped, and then they actually they had the, the paddles put upon them, and the next thing you know, they are, their heart is beating again, and they are breathing, and they have come back from being dead. And even you may know the, the procedure for CPR, for resuscitating someone. If they, someone passes out here, their heart stops beating, they stop breathing, do you know what to do to bring that person back from the dead? I was trained in first aid and CPR, of course, being at university and in a medical degree, and even we learnt about injecting adrenaline into people uh, so that if they have an allergic reaction to something like a local anaesthetic, how that we can bring that person back to, uh, to breathing and their hearts beating again. But I've never actually had to do that. I haven't had to do CPR on someone, thankfully, and I haven't had to inject someone with adrenaline to bring them back either. This morning, we're going to be learning about the subject of bringing people back from the dead, because that is where we have come to in Hebrews chapter 6. In Hebrews chapter 6, which is found on page 1187 of the Black Church Bibles, page 1187 of the Black Church Bibles, we've slowly been working through verses 1 and then verse 2 at the fundamentals of Christian faith that are told to us in verse uh, six, uh, verse 1 of chapter 6 and verse 2. And this morning we have come to the subject of the resurrection of the dead. I'll read from chapter 6, verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 6, page 1187 of your Black Church Bibles. Therefore let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, Instructions about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And God permitting, we will do so. So in previous weeks, we've learned about the subject of repentance. We've learned about what it means to have faith in God. We've learned about instructions about baptism. We've learned about the laying on of hands. And so this week, we come to the subject of the resurrection of the dead. But what does the author mean by this subject? the resurrection of the dead. What is he trying to communicate to us when he says these words, the resurrection of the dead? That's what we're going to look at this morning. What does he mean by this resurrection of the dead? And so my first main point this morning is that there are many resurrections of the dead in the New Testament. If you want to follow my main points this morning, they're on the back of the church bulletin there, and you can see that I have four main points this morning, and the first is there are many resurrections of the dead in the New Testament. 
Firstly, we see in the New Testament that there are people who are raised to life by Jesus. If you open up your New Testament and start reading the Gospels, it's not long before you suddenly realise that people are actually springing back to life because of Jesus' power. For example, Jairus' daughter is raised to life. He's a a religious leader. His daughter is brought back to life. The widow of Nain, uh, she has a son that is dead as... Jesus is coming into the city. He sees this funeral procession. There's a man in a coffin. It's this widow's son. It means that she now, if she's lost her husband, she's now lost her son. It's terrible tragedy in her life. And yet Jesus raises the young man back to life. And then we see even with Jesus, his close friend Lazarus dies And Jesus brings him back to life as well. And then even when Jesus dies, we learn in one of the Gospels that many people come to life at Jesus' death. They actually come out of their tombs and are seen by people in the city. There are resurrections performed by Jesus. And then we see not only resurrections performed by Jesus in the New Testament, we see resurrections performed by other people that the apostles are able to raise the dead as well. An example would be Tabitha in Acts chapter 9. And Eutychus, the young man who falls asleep in a sermon of Paul's and falls out of the window where he was resting and is picked up dead on the ground. And there's a lesson for you of what not to do. And do not fall asleep in sermons. The next thing you know, you'll be falling through space and dying. But thankfully, Paul is able to go outside and the boy uh, comes back to life at Paul's instigation. Paul is able to raise Eutychus to life. And of course, in the New Testament, there's not only uh, people being raised by Jesus and the apostles, there's one great resurrection that we know a lot about and depend upon quite, uh, uh, quite greatly, is of course the resurrection of Jesus Christ himself. We read in the New Testament about Jesus' death on the cross, but that's not the end of the story. Jesus dies, he's buried, and then... He comes back to life. He is able to come out of the tomb and be seen by people, actually eat with people. He has a new resurrection body. He has come back to life. So the question is then, which resurrection is this author of Hebrews referring to in chapter 6, verse 2, when he says the resurrection of the dead, what is he referring to? Is he referring to the resurrections of Lazarus and and Tabitha or Eutychus or even Christ himself? What is he speaking about when he says the resurrection of the dead here? Well, I would like to suggest that the resurrection of the dead here in Hebrews 6 is actually about all people being raised for final judgment. And that's my second main point this morning. My second main point is the resurrection of the dead in Hebrews 6.2 is of people for final judgment. The resurrection of the dead in Hebrews 6 verse 2 is of people for final judgment. We've got to remember that the other resurrections by Christ and the apostles did not produce eternal life and judgment for those who were raised. Lazarus was raised from the dead indeed by Jesus. But is he alive today? Is he still walking somewhere in Jerusalem? Wandering around there, he's been raised to life, he's in his resurrection body, and you can still go and see him if you could track him down somehow. Or the other people that were raised by Jesus, or the apostles. Is Eutychus there somewhere, and he doesn't have to worry about falling out windows anymore because he's got eternal life. 
No, those, those resurrections were a different type of resurrection from the resurrection for final judgment. Those people did die. They're not somewhere still alive today. And so we, and some people actually refer to them as resuscitations. Now, we've got to be careful there because, as we know, and I know particularly from learning CPR, we talk about resuscitating people uh, ourselves. Lazarus was an incredible kind of resuscitation, if he was indeed a resuscitation. He had been dead for four days. And then Jesus called and he came back. Jesus called. He didn't get out some electric bolts and plunge those bolts of electricity into Lazarus's chest after four days of Lazarus lying dead. No, it wasn't a typical resuscitation, if we're going to call it a resuscitation. But nevertheless, it's not a resurrection where Lazarus now has this eternal life and a resurrection body and is never going to die again. No, Lazarus did die. But there is a resurrection, another type of resurrection, where people are raised to life and live eternally from that point on. And when they're raised to life, they're judged. And I think that's what the resurrection of the dead is referring to here in verse 2 of Hebrews chapter 6. Why is that? Because it says, if you start reading in verse 2 of Hebrews chapter 6, page 1187, it says, Instructions about baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Judgment immediately follows after this concept of the resurrection of the dead. And so this is the resurrection that is being spoken of here in Hebrews chapter 6, that life does indeed exist after death, that you will be raised, everyone will be raised one day to life. That goes for people who are not Christians, for unbelievers, those who do not follow God, they will one day be raised to life as well. We understand that when we die, that that is not the the end, that we are raised and judged. An example of that happening for unbelievers would be from Luke chapter 16, verse 19. Turn with me to that, page 1036, page 1036, Luke chapter 16, verse 19. where Jesus speaks and says, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried, In hell, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony." And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. 
Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. Here we see an example of someone who is not, who did not trust in God while he was here on earth. He lived for himself. He used the wealth that God had given him for his own pleasures. Did he stay in the grave? No, he is raised to life. A terrible life, but nevertheless, he is raised to life. And we also see the poor man raised to life as well, living in heaven. And we see Abraham very much alive here as well. Abraham's dead and long gone, but here he is alive and well in heaven and able to dialogue with this person. It's not as though they aren't uh, thinking creatures, that somehow they're being raised to this uh, strange state. No, they're real people raised to life, one in hell and two in heaven. And, of course, we know that people are raised to life. We actually see that people come back in the New Testament as well who have been dead and long gone as well. Not just Jesus' word is taken for it, but the apostles, they actually see some people who are long dead, alive. Who are they? Well, they see Elijah and Moses with Jesus on the mount. These are men that are dead. Long time before the apostles, Peter, James and John. And yet there they are. They're alive and well and speaking with Jesus Christ. There is indeed resurrection of the dead. People do come back to life after death. Everybody, unbelievers, yes, and believers, they're raised as well. But is this an important doctrine of the Christian faith to have in our minds? Is this something worth debating with others that there is life after death? Is it something that we should waste our time this Sunday morning contemplating, is there life after death? Well, that brings me to my third main point this morning. The resurrection is fundamental, was fundamental to Christianity. The resurrection is fund- of the dead is fundamental to Christianity. People do indeed attack the doctrine of the resurrection. It's not as though everybody believes that there is life after death. We see this in the New Testament. The Sadducees were a clear example of people who were religious people, definitely, but they believed that there was no resurrection of the dead. In Acts chapter 23, verse 8, we actually read, the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection. And then we know that the rest of the world, it doesn't just take religious people, but even philosophers will deny the resurrection of the dead as well. And we see that in the New Testament in Acts chapter 17, where Paul is in Athens, and Paul says, for he, that's God, has set a day when he will judge the world with justice By the man he has appointed, he has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead, referring to Jesus. And then what do we read? When they, that's the Athenian philosophers, the Greek philosophers, when they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered. People love to deny the doctrine of the resurrection of the dead, yet it is a fundamental doctrine to Christianity and worth defending because... It is something that we hold dearly to. We see this in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. We know that these doctrines are not wishy-washy doctrines that we can take or leave. We know that they're fundamental because of what the author of Hebrews says about them. 
In chapter 6, verse 1, what do we read? Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings, elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instructions about baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead. The resurrection of the dead, according to this author, is that it is an elementary teaching of Christianity. It is a foundational truth of Christianity. It is something worth pursuing. And he he actually mentions the resurrection of the dead in other parts of the book as well to demonstrate, uh, which demonstrates that he sees it as an important doctrine. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, flip back with me, just two pages. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, page 1185. Chapter 2, little number 14, where we read, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, that's Jesus Christ, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. What is he talking about there? The fact that Jesus has conquered death, not just death for himself, but also for others who are held in slavery by their fear of death. And then we read in, in uh, chapter 13, verse 20. Flip with me a few pages over to page 1194. The resurrection is mentioned again. Verse 20 of Hebrews chapter 13. May the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The resurrection of the dead and Jesus Christ being the firstborn of all creation is mentioned again and again in Hebrews because it is a fundamental truth of Christianity. Even Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. Flip back with me two pages to page 1190. 1190, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it says, Just as man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. We die once and that's it? No. Then we face judgment. We are brought back to life. And this is not just the author's hobby horse of Hebrews. This is something that is all through the scriptures that we have before us, the Bible. Even in the Old Testament, we see that the resurrection of the dead is clearly proclaimed there. In Isaiah chapter 26, verse 19, we read, But your dead will live, their bodies will rise. You who dwell in the dust, wake up and shout for joy. Your dew is like the dew of the morning. The earth will give birth to her dead. And Daniel chapter 12, verse 2, that passage that we had read for us earlier. What does it say? Daniel chapter 12, verse 2, Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. We see quite clearly there in Daniel a resurrection of all people. It's not as though the people who don't trust in God, well, they die and that's it and we never see them again. No, they're raised to life. 
The Old Testament proclaims it, as does the New. We see in the New Testament that Jesus proclaims the resurrection of the dead. John chapter 5, verse 28, Jesus says, Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Everyone in their graves will come out. Those who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. There's a dual resurrection happening. Not just those who have done good will live, and the evil people will, that's it. No, they will come back to life as well. And the apostles, not just Jesus speaking about the resurrection, but the apostles continue to teach about the resurrection of the dead as well. Peter and John. In Acts, you see them, Acts chapter 4, teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead, it says in Acts chapter 4, verse 2. They were always teaching about the resurrection of Christ and of all people. And Paul, the apostle, understands quite clearly the importance of the resurrection. In 1 Corinthians 15, one of the best passages to point out the fundamental nature of the resurrection is given to us, and it's worth flipping back to have a look at. Page 1,139, 1,139 of your church Bibles. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12. 1,139. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12, where Paul says, But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? People in Corinth were disagreeing with the concept of the resurrection of the dead. But here Paul is going to address it. He says in verse 13, If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. More than that, We are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. And then he goes on to continue talking about the resurrection there. Paul understands that we are wasting our time if there is no resurrection of the dead. We're wasting our time in following Christ. Because if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. We have no hope that we will be raised as well. And so there's no point being a Christian. Which means that the resurrection of the dead has to be a fundamental truth of Christianity. If you deny that there is a resurrection of the dead, you are not a Christian. Because you're, you're aimlessly focusing on something that has no hope for you. It has to be a fundamental of the faith. And that's why in our statement of faith at our church and every Orthodox Christian statement through church history, there has been a statement about the resurrection of the dead, that the dead are raised and that people are raised to judgment and the judgment can mean hell and the judgment can mean heaven. There is a resurrection of the dead. It is a fundamental of Christianity. And if we think as a church, that there is no resurrection of the dead, then we may as well sell the building and move on. 
Because there's no point being a Christian. There's no point gathering Sunday mornings, gathering for Bible studies. It's a big waste of time. Because we have no hope then. And Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then it really is useless, waste of time, gathering to study the word, which gives us no, no hope at all. So the resurrection is indeed fundamental to Christianity. And rightly so. It gives us that hope. It gives us that joy in life. It gives us that perseverance to continue suffering for Christ, which we don't do much of in Australia, but some people around the world really do. We will continue to suffer. Why? Because we have this hope that this world is not it, that there is a resurrection and one day we will be called home to a place in heaven. And so it's a great joy for us to know this truth, to affirm the resurrection of the dead. It's not a hard, nasty thing to affirm. It's a joyous thing for a Christian to affirm the resurrection of the dead. And so if you're not a Christian and you're here this morning, I encourage you to consider that there is a resurrection of the dead. When you die, you do not stay in the ground. You are not simply worm food and to be forgotten. That's it. All done. Your life is over. No, your life's just beginning when you die. You'll be raised again. And the question is, where will you be raised to go? And I hope that you'll be raised to go to be with God forever in heaven. How do you get to do that? How do you get to go to heaven? How can the resurrection become a great joy for you and not a great source of fear? Well, it's by repentance and faith. You need to turn from your sins, acknowledge that you have sinned against God and trust that Jesus' death at the cross is the payment for your sins because you cannot make up for your sins. You have to have someone else take the punishment that you deserve. And that has to be Jesus Christ because he's the only one that never sinned and is therefore a spotless lamb of God by which we can be saved. But if you do believe in the resurrection of the dead, is that where you stop in your understanding about Christ? Is that your last fundamental of Christianity that you affirm and then you say, okay, well now I've sorted that out, I believe in the resurrection of the dead and I can, I can go and live my life? Well, that's what the author wants to tell us that we shouldn't do in this passage. He's going through the fundamentals of Christianity, not to simply affirm them and teach us about them, but he's telling us about them so that we can move on from them and go on to solid food. Remember, this is milk-level stuff, the resurrection of the dead. It's important, but it's milk. That's what we've been learning in Hebrews chapter 6. Uh, Flip back with me if you're not there already, page 1187 of the Black Church Bibles. Hebrews chapter 6, verse. uh, we'll go to chapter 5, verse 13, where we read, Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. We're moving from milk to solid food. And then he says, therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instructions about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And God permitting, we will do so. We're meant to move on from the resurrection of the dead. 
And so that is my fourth main point this morning. You must move on from the resurrection. You must move on from it. Yes, look forward to a bodily resurrection. It certainly helps. When people are attacking you, people are saying horrible things about you, people are even threatening you physically because you are a Christian, to know that this life is not everything is a wonderful thing. And yes, it is a fundamental of our faith and we should cling to it dearly. But we must move on. What must we move on to? What really helps us when people attack us? Well, it's what is told to us in verse 13. And then, of course, in later chapters, we'll see. Verse 13, it says, Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. Solid food is about righteousness. And I believe that the author is speaking about Christ's righteousness here, as we'll see in chapters to come. He wants us to focus on Jesus and his righteousness and the righteousness that we have in Christ. Because let's face it, it is nice to know that we have this resurrection to look forward to. But a resurrection is only as good as the place that you are going to. And yes, it is wonderful that we're going to this heavenly place where streets are paved with gold and there's no more crying, there's no more suffering, there's no pain. But... What is the most marvellous thing about going to heaven? For me, it's getting to see Jesus Christ, my Saviour, in all his righteousness, and that I will be in his righteousness as well that day, when I get to go to heaven. The resurrection of the dead is a marvellous truth, but it's marvellous because it leads to Jesus Christ and his righteousness, that I will get to see him in heaven. That is why heaven is so wonderful. It's because Jesus is there, and I'll get to see him face to face. And so if I want to be strong in this world, yes, I can focus on the resurrection and and the fact that I'm going to heaven. But if I really want to be strong, I focus on Christ and his righteousness. That'll get me through the tough times, and that'll help me look forward to heaven even more because I know Christ will be there. When you focus on Christ and his righteousness, it naturally leads to you then saying, yeah, heaven will be marvellous. But if you focus on the resurrection without any conception of who Christ is and his righteousness and getting to know him better, then the resurrection is not going to be that marvellous. Oh, yeah, streets with gold, yeah, yeah, it'll be pretty nice. But it's not that great if you don't know how great Jesus Christ is. That's what makes heaven so wonderful, is Jesus will be there. And so the resurrection of the dead is a pathway to Christ, to see him face to face. And that is what we need to move on to. So do you believe in the resurrection of the dead as a fundamental of Christianity? Or do you think we can take it and leave it just as the Sadducees thought they could? And if you do believe that the resurrection of the dead is a fundamental to Christianity, have you stopped there or have you moved on and are focusing on Jesus Christ? Do you spend... The majority of your time looking at Christ, marvelling in him and his righteousness and his atoning work at the cross and looking forward to your resurrection, not because you'll simply have this wonderful life in heaven in a resurrection body that doesn't get sick, but because there you will see Christ and know him far better than you know him here on earth because your sinful self will be changed and you'll be able to see him in his righteousness in a way you haven't been able to see him here. But while you're here, you're working towards it. You're trying to understand his righteousness better. 
because that makes you hunger for him in heaven all the more. I pray that that is the case for all of us here, that we believe in the resurrection, but we're moving on to Christ and his righteousness. Let us speak with him now. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for revealing to us that there is indeed a resurrection of the dead, that one day everybody will be raised, that we are not simply going to die and that is it. But Lord, we will be raised eternally and we can be raised eternally and live with Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that everybody in this room puts their trust in Christ so they'll be raised to live with him. And Lord, we pray that for us as Christians, we may focus our attention upon Christ and his righteousness. May we affirm the resurrection of the dead indeed. But Lord, may that simply be a way for us to be with Christ for eternity. May we not simply be scared of death and just want to have life after death for its own sake. But may we be studying Christ in all his righteousness so that we hunger all the more for that day we will be raised and get to live forever with him. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.